This is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 21st, 2010. For newcomers, go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Help yourselves to as many of the talks as you wish to. There's hundreds of talks I've given over the past uh, in audios for download. And remember, all the sites you see listed there are alternate sites as well. If you find sticking on the download in the com site, try these alternate sites because... Uh, sometimes too many folk go into the com at the same time. And you might find it easier on downloads if you alternate these different sites. They all carry a lot of transcripts as well for prints up in English. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and help yourself from those that are shown there. And remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you. I'm probably the only host out there who doesn't uh, accept cash from advertisers. The ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN for the airtime, for the staff and equipment and their bills. So it's up to you to help me out by purchasing the books, DVDs, CDs that I have on the website. You'll see how to get to them if you go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase by a personal check. You can use an international postal money order. You can use cash. You can also use PayPal to donate or to purchase. If you want to purchase, send a separate email after the donation with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. You can't use a personal check from Europe, for instance, to Canada, but you can still use MoneyGram and Western Union or cash or PayPal to donate or to purchase. And believe you me, donations are appreciated as well. They're really appreciated because it costs a lot to do what I'm doing, as I say, and I don't go in for the big push uh, as a business, and um, I'm not backed by any advertisers, so I'm not pushing their products. And that's why I can go through the stories pretty quickly without bringing on guests who often are just there to sell you something. That's the way radio works. That's how they live. That's how they make their living. Otherwise, if it wasn't for commerce, there'd be no radio shows at all except the government-owned ones like Canada. So, as I say, help me out by uh, purchasing the books of Lee. Do need your help. Now, I've gone through a lot of the history of this big New World Order. They were rather blatant about it in days gone by. And then after World War II, they were even more blatant for a couple of years. Then they really faded off a bit. They realized the public were not ready to give up their sovereignty. And really, that's what they wanted World War II for. H.G. Wells, after World War I, and the League of Nations uh, attempt to do the same thing, to get every country to give up their sovereignty under a world government. He said, well, we need another war. And bingo, they had another war. And they funded Adolf Hitler up to stardom, really. There's no doubt about that. 
And um, when you go into the histories of who funded them, IG Farben, of course, was the umbrella group. They set up with all the big players that really created the, the German war machine, the manufacturing process in plants and factories. And also IG Farben was, were really in charge. I don't know if you know that, but the, the, the POW camps or, or, the, or the, um, um, the concentration camps were actually owned by IG Farben. And none of the top leaders were ever put in prison for really their participation from the U.S. and from places like Britain, London, for their participation in setting up that war machine and for what happened. They scrambled to get the name IG Farben off the books at the Nuremberg Trials and sent over teams of lawyers. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, there's so many topics we could touch on, but it would take forever just to even brush on uh, across even some of the the, the histories that people should really, really know. Because only by knowing your histories will you know how you got to where we are now and where it's also planned to go. Uh, I was going to say supposed to go. It, it will go that way because there's nothing really to stop it because the public don't know really what's behind it all, what's going on, the war on terror, uh, why are they attacking certain countries. Um, they know what they're doing. It's not happenstance they go into this country and that country. This is geopolitics they're playing. Geopolitics is drafted up years ahead of which countries will take down like dominoes, one and this one and that one. and not. That's how they do it. Back in the, the days of the Vietnam War, uh, a little thing broke out about the other wars that the CIA had planned uh, just at the start of, the, of, of really the Vietnam War. And they were talking about for the next 20, 30 years. That's far, how far ahead they actually plan all of these little wars and takeovers of countries. And, of course, who splits the loot? It's always loot, especially if there's oil, minerals, and gold, and diamonds, etc., to be God as well, under the guise, of course, of helping restore order and bringing civilization and culture to a people who already have a culture by countries who've had their cultures totally degraded. But anyway, that's, that's by the by. You've got to know your history. You've got to remember how it fits together and read the books by the big players who, in their biographies, they love to tell you what they've been up to and uh, how they participated in bringing about this glorious world governmental system by deceit. Some of them are quite candid about it. The public can't know. They're too stupid to know. They won't go along with it. Therefore, they have to go around law and order and constitutions and all that kind of stuff. And they've done that. They've published that in many books, including the, the, the magazine Foreign Affairs Journal. They couldn't take the Constitution head on, so they just go around about it and ignore it. And that's what they've done, of course, in so many different ways. But also, it's a much, it really is, there's only one term to use, or a word to use, and it's diabolical. It's an old religious term, meaning diabolos, from the devil, satanic, meaning also Luciferian, even though technically they're both different beings in ancient times. Lucifer was supposed to be the smartest angel, the most intelligent and wisest angel ever created, you see. 
but incredibly devious as well. Uh, way beyond any deviousness that human beings can come up with. So it really is the art of the advisor, well-trained advisors, the kind of Machiavellian-type advisor that we still have in, really in power today because presidents and prime ministers are frontmen and they're advised as to what to do next by these guys who do know the agenda. There is a central hub to the agenda, so these advisors all are trained in the same schools, so they're all on board together, regardless of the countries they're assigned to go into and advise. So we have to get that down off, off, our, off the, the, the shelf, first of all, and remember that, and keep that in our minds because we're living a a definitely planned agenda uh, written by so many people, so many participants, so many big think tanks working globally, and all big corporations working together as well, attending the same IBM meetings and getting their marching orders if they want to stay part of big world order. They're told why they must incorporate the greening agenda, uh, carbon taxes, all into it, etc., 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 now, part of it, too, in this big plan, as he did the diabolical type, was to literally alter and bioengineer, re-engineer humanity. Uh, they tried in the early days to do it through basic psychology, Pavlovian training, and um, conditioned responses and all that kind of stuff. And you saw that uh, in the early days of the Soviet Union, when all, all the children were taught to, to say, recite basically little red book, much like they did with, with, with hymn books. Same idea, you see. Been tried before in other, other areas, and it worked very well. And then you see the same thing in Matsy Chung's little red book and millions of little children, uh, you know, reading from this stuff as, as though it was a holy book. You see, so, so they hoped that indoctrination by itself and repetition and the peer pressure of others, uh, meaning if, if you were the odd one out, they'd all push you until you joined them or you were dead, um, would work and save the day for their, their big cause. Now, of course, it's far deeper. It's neuroscience. Um, they're using neuroscientists, neurobehavioral scientists, and uh, electrical stimulation, uh, drugs was to be a big part of it too that Huxley talks about and he did attend global think tanks to discuss this very method how to drug the people into compliance and he, and he said that pharma would be a big big part of it now most of you think of pharma as dishing up medications for people who are sick and so on but no, uh, pharma also deals out the illicit, a lot of illicit stuff that are perfectly well-made pills like ecstasy and all the rest of it. That's where they're made in these big companies. So they deal with the illicit drugs and the legal drugs. They always do that the above the, the ground and below the ground, above and below, is how they always do it. The underworld and the overworld is how this whole system is run. And part of the war on that was, to, was the war to get the one character out of the way, uh, subdued, um, and that was the male. The male was to be the target. Absolutely the target. But going through the bisphenol A, del- deliberate attack for many, many years, and we see its outcomes in, in the men today. Uh, we see the sterility that was also part of that too, because it, they wanted to depopulate the world, have less children. Uh, so you want a, a really placid male. You want to raise the females up to almost an aggressive stance, and they have done that too because certain hormones will act the opposite way too many of them on the woman should become aggressive that has happened but they've really gone after the young children at school 
with bogus diagnosis for attention deficit and hyperactivity and all of that kind of stuff, you see. And it's incredible. It would be incredible to parents in the 40s and 50s and even 60s, um, although they had pharma on a roll at that time and psychology on a roll via Hollywood and the magazines to, to popularize therapy and all that kind of stuff and psychiatry. But uh, it would still have been incredible. It would be unthinkable for them to say, oh, by the way, we want to drug your children, especially the boys. Does he... Does, is he a bit restless in the chair? Is he, does he want to run around sometimes and cause a noise? And Well, that today, you see, has been classed as a mental illness. Incredible, as has been done. But don't forget that all big agencies and associations, the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the psychiatric industry, are all in on this together. In fact, the, the psychiatric history uh, of the profession is, 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 is a, it's got its own um, horror stories to tell you of genetics because psychiatry really was born out of the ideas of Darwinism. Uh, these, uh, these sort of novu psychiatrists that came out um, really wanted to believe that everyone who was mentally ill simply inherited it with a bad gene. you got a bad gene there, and that's what's caused that. And of course, even in Germany, and I know in the Soviet Union, they used the same technique on people who had illnesses. They sterilized them, or they even killed the, the offspring. Even if there's nothing, nothing apparently wrong with the offspring. One day, my son, you'll go schizophrenic, and that was enough, you see. Because daddy had it, or something like that. So it's the same thing today, you see, along with the, the, the poverty being um, an inherited gene, the claim, the eugenics. A psychiatry was really on board with all of this kind of stuff. And they were sterilizing people in Canada too, right through the, into the 70s in Alberta. as a second case just been won by a woman who was sterilized out of the many, many that were sterilized under these eugenic acts. Never mind the States, uh, that was sponsored by the Rockefeller Foundation in Cold Spring Harbor. Anyway, that's just by and the by. It's coming off my top of my mind right now. But it ties in with this particular story. And I mentioned yesterday, one in four boys now are on these pills, I guess, in the States and elsewhere. This one's Britain, and it says prescription for ADHD drugs by gender, and it gives you the categories and so on. And it says ADHD and a boy's brain. Figures compiled for the Globe and Mail by the IMS Health, an independent firm that tracks pharmaceutical sales, show prescriptions for Ritalin and other amphetamine-like drugs for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder shot up to 2.9 million in 2009, a jump of more than 55% in four years. More than 2 million were written specifically for children under 17, a leap of 43% since 2005, and at least 75% of them were for young males a ratio some see as evidence that society is making a malady of boyhood itself. So be, having a boyhood means you're mentally ill by the new classical definition. This ties into the fanatical writings I read from books that were printed in the 30s by some of the top, top players who actually said that even people who had uh, odd convictions like religion, uh, odd convictions and superstitions like religion or believed in marriage, would have to be exterminated. Exterminated is what they said. Top players in the global movement. Anyway, 
It says, what if we were drugging girls at the same time, asked John Bradley, education professor at McGill University. What if the majority of these prescriptions were being written for girls? There'd be a march. The darn right there would be because the guys have been whipped down and the girls have all been taught to be assertive, which is generally aggressive. This is the figures seem to suggest a spike of epidemic proportions. Now, here you have it. They create a new disease out of nothing and nowhere. Uh, big, through the big uh, medical, the psychiatric association, their big thick handbook for diseases, they add to it every year. They've even got nervous leg syndrome. When you're sitting there and you're bored stiff and your, your leg starts jumping and the ball, your, your toes are, your, away goes your knee and you're tapping away. Well, that's a syndrome. We've got pills for that now. The great psychiatry, the bogus science, is part of the whole control mechanism. Back with more after these messages. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. I should mention this this article here is about Canada primarily. The one I read yesterday, I think, was for Britain. So they're coming out all over with their different statistics for different countries. So this is Canada, Canada's not got a huge population either. Uh, and yet, as I say, 2.9 million in 2009, up more than 55% of these youngsters on these drugs. And then it says here uh, that... Um, uh, but an analyst with IMS Broken, a division of IMS Health, says a four-year snapshot is emblematic of a drug category uh, that for more than a decade has surged annually in Canada by 10 to 13 percent. See, all the teachers get brainwashed into it as well. They want a quiet classroom. They want the boys behaving just like the girls, you know. And you do have a matriarchal system. Most teachers are women now. And so they, they want the guys to behave like little girls. And guys are different from girls, regardless of what they try and tell you in this world of moral relativity and brain relativity. We're all the same. Some's like dressing like this and some like dressing like that and all that rubbish, you see. There is a difference, you see. Anyway, it says, while total prescriptions worth $249 million do not represent the number of people taking the drugs, a per capita breakdown of daily doses shows a similar escalation. It certainly suggests that the drugs are being abused, said Gordon Floyd, President and CEO of Children's Mental Health Ontario. Why do we even have that happen at Children's Mental Health Ontario? Anyway, there's a desire for the quick fix, the idea that, oh, we'll fix this with a pill, rather than spend a few months in counselling. It's pretty appalling, appealing, he says. Our penchant for pills has pegged Canada after Iceland and the U.S. as one of the world's top three consumers of methyl phenidate including Ritalin and similar drugs, according to the 2009 annual report of the UN International Narcotic Control Board. It's interesting, the terms you use, International Narcotic Control Board, you see they control narcotics through the UN and other places. It's like the CDC, the Centre for Disease Control. They don't eradicate disease, they just control it. We'll give them a pandemic here, and it's all under control, you see. Which based rankings on per capita consumption, a 2007 U.S. report on global use of ADHD drugs also singled out Canada for a higher-than-expected consumption and suggested our exposure to American advertising and cultural norms play a role. Have you ever watched the CBC Canada? That's the government-run television series. They, they take all the 
the, the kind of stuff you see on television where they, in the U.S. where they put a lot of money into making stuff to hook you into the movie or, or the drama or whatever. And uh, they do it at higher quality in the U.S. And the CBC Canada, because it's always been run by communists, they, 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 they cut to the chase and show you all the nasty stuff. Right away, all that sex and all the rest of it. and It's low budget, you see. So they say in Canada, uh, and we turn out movie, movies using taxpayers' money. And that's all it is, taxpayers' money. Turn out, we turn out movies that nobody watches. No kidding. You can't give these movies away. They're so bad. Maybe that's why they're all on drugs. And, and, and by the way, if you did watch them, you'd be so darn depressed, you might get on drugs. They're terrible, terrible. With all their, all their, they don't even bother covering up, or slightly covering up, or being more subtle in, in their embedding or programming into your brain on new political correctness. They go straight to the point. It's rather overdone and gross. That's how it used to be in the Soviet Union. Anyway, ADHD is one of the most commonly diagnosed disorders of childhood these days, <laughs> which with core features that include an inability to focus and hyper and impulsive behavior. Increasingly, it's seen as a chronic condition that 60% of children never outgrow and one that experts estimate affects 5% of children worldwide. But the diagnosis rates in North America are notoriously higher. In Canada, research research or it suggests that 70-10% of children have ADHD, most often boys. No kidding. Huh. You know, at one time I can remember in school where they'd literally um, let the classes out if the, guy, the, guy, the boys were too, too fidgety. They'd have a break and let them go outside and, and kick a, a soccer ball around for 10 minutes and bring them back in. That's how boys are. That's how they are. They're different, you see. They're different. Not now, no. You've got to sit all day and just listen to the boring stuff of propaganda and political correctness that's uh, being engineered into their brains. Anyway, boys are four times more likely to develop autism, three times more likely to suffer dyslexia, and two to three times more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD. And it says here, but some see a system of harried parents, school officials, and general practitioners too ready to label rambunctious young males. Well, boys might be three times more likely to than girls to develop. I don't even believe it exists, to be honest with you. ADHD research suggests they are nine times more likely to be sent for a clinical assessment and five times more likely to be medicated for it. So ADHD prescriptions for males have increased 50% since 2005. There you go. It's great for pharma, though, isn't it? But it's right on cue with... with uh, what uh, Aldous Huxley had in Brave New World and Brave New World Revisited because that was a, the future that was planned back in the 1930s and here we are today and it's pretty well all here actually right down to the promiscuity and using the platonic idea of, sh- of all women in common because you don't have to have a girlfriend yes you can, you can pick one up each night of the week go to a dance and that's what it's about everybody gets their, their share you see that's it so that's how they do things in this wonderful, great system. And then in Britain, too, I mentioned yesterday how David Cameron and Nick Clegg, the two parties that now are a former coalition, um, had to say that they, they couldn't uh, fulfill their promises for elections and all that stuff. I'll just put these links up tonight. I won't even bother reading the article, because what do you expect from politicians? They lie. Back with more after these messages.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back. We're cutting through the matrix and just touching on the politicians and how they're born liars and and I can remember the communist ideal too was lie, tell them anything you want to get into power. Once you're there, do as you wish. And that's what they all do today, isn't it? Because they've all signed on to these various agreements with the UN and signed on to Agenda 21, uh, um, the Millennium Project. They've signed on to uh, the, the, um, the Earth Project that Maurice Strong sets up. Uh, and uh, they've basically agreed. Then they, then they sign agreements which are actually binding and we're all on the same direction towards this combined world government idea. And none of this was ever presented to the general populations. None of it at all, you know. Or this austerity idea where you must also start billing out money to the, to the third world countries to bring them up to a certain standard of living. Now, that was to be charitable work for charities to deal with. Although they're all crooked, sure they are, but... Governments are worse, and the money that you're going to get from governments to go to the third world countries simply won't get there. It'll go to their corporations based over there, though. You know, the, the different factories they set up and plants they set up and oil fields they set up. That's where the money will go. But why are they using our money, the tax money, and, and sending it off there? Do we get asked if we're like that? Of course we don't. It's all done in private meetings with the, the, the big NGO groups and the foundations. Anyway, David Cameron, Nick Clegg, what a name, eh, Clegg? A Clegg over there is something that gives you a nasty bite, a flying insect, and uh, you have a scar often for life once it's bit you. And that's probably what will happen to the Brits once this guy's finished. But anyway, it says here that Cameron told the audience about what 100, how he had to listen as a Labour leader, Ed Miliband, whose most of his relatives all came from the Communist bloc, quoted his promises on child benefit back to him in the Commons. He says, I had to eat those words, but is it right to go on asking people on 15,000, 20,000 pounds or 25,000 pounds a year to keep paying so that Nick and me and Ed Miliband can go on getting child benefits? Their idea was to cut it from those who had higher salaries. But really, this is a cover because what they really were cutting back, as I say, on uh, was all their pledges to stop the Big Brother Surveillance Society in Britain. And they've lied about that too. They're just getting massive contracts to, for more police intrusion. Now the police and everybody can, can really take the data and store it forever. All your phone calls now, all that stuff. They were utter liars, but the folk voted them in. The idiots keep voting. I can't believe them. How long do you have to live before you stop voting? Hmm? I wonder. I wonder. We well, see, without us voting, if you vote, you're giving, you're, you're actually, Acquiescing your power, you're acquiescing to whatever they want to do once they're in power. It's a legality. You're giving them authority and power over you to do whatever they want to do with you or to you. What a stupid, stupid thing to do, go and vote for them. But they never learn. They never, never learn. And here's an article here. Foreign aid has increased by 37%. This is Britain again, but every country is doing the same thing as we go through the austerity stuff. Osborne finds an extra four billion pounds to help poor countries. The foreign aid budget will soar by 37% while domestic spending is being slashed. 
Now, I've told people before, and I told them years ago, this was going to happen. This was the agenda that once you were pretty well finished with with you uh, for your troops and your militaries and and conquering other countries for them and all the rest of it, they'd literally reduce you to a third world status. And we're on our way to doing that across the Western world. There's no doubt about it. This is the agenda. So so a foreign aid budget, that's taxes from the public, will soar by 37% while domestic spending is being slashed. Other than tiny increases at health and work and pensions, the Department of International Development, that belongs, actually, it's a strange corporation they set up. Every company that signed on to the UN has a department of it, the OECD, and uh, they deal with all this money that they, they hawk out the country to their favorite pals abroad. But obviously, the Department for International Development is the only ministry not suffering cuts of up to 50%. The UK will become the first country to hit a United Nations target, a UN target. Now, who gave any authority for the UN to take your cash? Nobody. Hmm? So the UK will be the first country to hit a UN target of donating 0.7% of its national income to the world's poor by 2013. And it ain't going to the poor. It says, helping hand, more money will be delivered to the needy, such as the Burmese refugees in Thailand. No kidding. What about all the refugees in Britain? Or France? Or Germany? And all the unemployed folk? Anyway, it says, but the extra cash poured into foreign assistance, amounting to nearly £4 billion, comes while other departments are facing drastic cuts. And also, what about the fact that we've all apparently agreed to still fund all the third world countries, there are still classes third world countries like China, who's the main manufacturer for the whole planet, raking in the cash, holding the US debt and all their bonds. Why are we paying for their, for their schools and their hospitals under the World Trade Organization treaty that was signed years ago under the GATS agreement? But to do the same with Brazil and India, by the way, no matter how prosperous they become, and if they can go on for that for 20 years, and then if they claim they still can't afford their own education and hospitals, they can renegotiate to have it signed for another 20 years. By that time, we'll have nothing left in the West. Maybe a little hut you go into to get a, a stitch put in a, a cut or something, if you're lucky. You think I'm kidding? You have no idea of the people behind what's driving this world and where they're going with it. And they are fanatics at the top. Fanatics. We're above your little cheesy politicians with their hands in the, in the, in the honeypot of the taxpayer. We're above that level. Anyway, it says the department's resource budget, resource budget, the amount of money as available after capital costs will grow by 37% from £6.3 billion to £9.4 billion. Critics said it was wrong that poor people in Britain could suffer to help, or should suffer and will suffer to help countries that are becoming increasingly rich. Well, of course it bloody well is. Of course it is. I thank God for the experts that can tell us this, eh? <laughs> the review gives more money to poor countries such as Afghanistan, that they're that the, the, the still blowing up, of course. The review gives more money to, to other ones too. George Osborne says Britons can hold their heads up high and say, even in these difficult times, we will honor the promises made to some of the poorest people on our planet. Who gave these promises to them? Who made them poor in the first place? They were doing okay before they were invaded. Hmm? The Chancellor said extra aid would also have the the deaths from malaria, uh, half the deaths from malaria. BS. You You know the reason they banned DDT and put the fake showing out of the birds 
giving birth to the jelly eggs of seagulls. They didn't tell you that all they fed them for a month was nothing but DDT. You'd be laying some strange things yourself. It's because it's too effective in eradicating malaria. That's why they banned it. Remember Kissinger came out with that memo at about the same time as well? And it says our biggest threat to the state is overpopulation in third world countries. So the decision of, of increasing their population by allowing them to be healthier or letting them die from malaria. And then they give you the usual guff about uh, saving the lives of 50,000 pregnant women and 250,000 babies. Well, the money will definitely go towards abortion clinics because that's what they really mean about family planning abroad. Disgusting doublespeak in these articles. Disgusting. Utterly disgusting. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned to and put up a link to an awful movie that we put out by a group in Britain where a bunch of greenies, of course, so they're all very well, well-to-do, these greenies. You know, they're very, very well-to-do and up there and they know all the producers and they belong in that class, you see. And, uh, they made a film where they were blowing up classmates under the guise that these classmates uh, had not agreed in groupthink and group agreement to a, a more austerity, cutting back on their carbon output and stuff like that. So you saw them getting blown up. And then eventually they had to admit, well, some people said it was in bad taste, but they're unapologetic for it. It's a shock tactic they're using, you see. Well, here's another one. It says here, killing children again, climate change ad features young girl in a noose for hanging, you see, for hanging her, you see. At her pairs, these characters, you can understand what they're into. They're very kinky people as well. It says, it seems gruesome images of children in trouble are popular marketing tools in the environmental movement. Last week, the climate change group 1010 released a propaganda video featuring exploding children. But before that, the group ACT, responsible, featured uh, an equally disturbing photo of a young girl in a noose. A young girl in a noose. According to its website, ACT's ACT's goal was to federate, promote, and inspire responsible communication on sustainability. Huh, interesting. Equitable development and social responsibility. Social responsibility. Go around and hang folk now that say, I don't believe all your, all your bullshit. Just hang them. ACT shows how advertising professionals from all continents can use their core talent, creativity, to play a significant role in addressing today's crucial world issues. It appears to be French-based, although it has offices in both Switzerland and in the U.S. Hmm. And no doubt get funded from the Rockefellers and so on. It says here, to fulfill its stated goal, ACT promotes, publishes, and displays provocative art by individuals and companies looking to promote social issues. There's no evidence that it creates the ads itself, but rather it promotes the ones it considers the best. I bet, I bet there's a lot of kinky stuff and all that art too. The image above was included in the archive section of the group's website and on the cover of the Act 2009 Climate Change Human Impact Creative Challenge, that's the whole tip name of it, and, in, and includes the heading Exhibition of the Best Social and Environmental Ads. And while it seems the company usually doesn't create its own pictures, there are some hints that this one might have been commissioned by ACT. The picture does not include any immediate decipherable clues as to who is responsible for the picture. The only reference is its origin is an illegible concept by lying near the top side and the bottom of some versions. Further digging on ACT's website, 
Shorter letters following the concept by section may belong to a company called Airin, A-Y-R-I-N-E. A quick Google search in a few minutes that on that company's website reveals a section called Solutions and features ACT and the same picture featured above. So it is the same bunch, you see. So anyway, that's what they do now, to shock everybody. And, you know, the, the fanatics at the top actually mean what they say. They really mean what they say. You should look into the Soviet story. You should look into the horrors that were committed by the most well-organized society on this planet, the most well-funded society on this planet, and how before they went into countries, they had the lists of everybody they would dispose of when they came in. They'd have them accumulating these lists for 25, 30 years before they went into them. Everybody. And they were efficient like a machine. They taught Adolf Hitler how to do it. That's in the Soviet story, if you can see the movie. It's not a movie, actually. It's a documentary using actual footage. People have no idea what's running their world. None whatsoever. And even even what I put up before with Norman Dodd and the Rees Commission, the Congress uh, ordered commission into the the big tax-free foundations like the Rockefellers, Ford, Carnegie. And the official story that came out of it, the official findings were that um, they were funding what appeared to be communist organizations all over the Western world. And one of the CEOs at Ford Foundation told Dodds that their job was to blend the Soviet system, the complete entire Soviet system, education, everything, remember, into the lifestyles of the Western world. That was the, that, that's the third way that Toffler talks about. That's what he meant by it in his book. That's what comes out of it, the dialectic, the, the new, you get a synthesis, then a, a new thesis. Then you go on from there. That's what it's all about. Hmm. Now, Another part of the technique was admitted by Tony Blair's right-hand man, and that was to completely destroy the cultures of the Western countries, especially Britain. And I read the articles from the guy at the horse's mouth himself a few months back there from the mainstream news, where he said that Tony Blair had told his right-hand man to to, they would change the face of Britain forever so drastically that they could never go back to having what he claimed was a British culture by opening the floodgates to immigration even wider and wider. See, at one time people would come in in drips and drabs from different countries and then they adapt into the existing culture. No problem at all. Every country's done it. But when they, they force them in, even fly them in and pay them to come in in large numbers, then there's another intention, obviously. And then they settle them in your countries. And then they tell them to keep their culture. They're going to cause problems, and they know what they're doing. You can't create terror, you can't create friction amongst people unless you make it all happen that way, and you plan it that way, and then eventually you trigger it. And then you turn around to say to everybody, oh, we can't trust anybody anymore. Anyone could be a terrorist. Look at all the friction we have. Well, who caused it and why? Well, this is part of the, the agenda. 
Because the guys who've run the world for a long time are internationalists. They don't give a darn about any particular country. And part of internationalism, you must destroy the existing cultures and everything to do with tradition. Everything. That's why you're going through it all. It's nothing to do because people like immigrants or, or, or want to see a multicultural society to give it some color and flair. Nothing to do with that. It's a big old internationalist movement to destroy all existing cultures. To bring in a totalitarian system which can use the friction and uprisings amongst all people and they will set off the sparks when they want to. So easy to do. And then it's a martial law period for a long time in total government. Remember what Quigley said, we can get more done in five years of war than 50 years of peace on a social level. Order out of chaos. Create the chaos, bring out the new order. This article here, too little required of immigrants, says tough-talking Christian Democrat leader from Germany. This is in a landmark speech. She broke uh, one of the Germany's last taboos and courted anti-immigration support by claiming those from a different background failed to live happily side-by-side with native Germans. Her comments to the youth wing of her own Christian Democrat Union Party came amid growing resentment about immigration in Germany. Says it was, uh, the, the, she says that the multiculturalist agenda in, in Germany has totally failed. And then it says, um, as Merkel said, the so-called multiculti concept that we're now living side by side and are happy about it does not work. This approach has failed utterly. She said just days after a poll showed a third of all Germans viewed immigrants as nothing more than welfare cheats. Well, who put them in welfare? Who brought them in? Have you looked at all the agreements that were signed by your government to these countries? You flew a lot of them in. Welfare flew them in. Same in Canada. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm cutting through the matrix. I'm Alan Watts and... I'll put these links up at cuttingthroughmatrix.com at the end of the show. Plus, I'll put the full link up. Only, it was only partially complete last night for Taxi to the Dark Side, which showed you the incredible, very well-documented and very graphic abuse of uh, an awful torture, actually, um, of people abroad in Afghanistan and Iraq by U.S. troops. Not that the British and so are any different, but... Um, it, it's, it's awfully disgusting what they were doing Terrible disgusting I put the full link up for you to watch And also put up um, a very good site it's, uh, It gives you the UN rundown It's called UN Tricks and Treaties And how they don't like to use the word treaty They use many other terms It's all listed the terms that they actually use here And it, you can see how they implement all these agreements Which become law and so on and so on it takes you through Agenda 21 and all a lot of other stuff from the United Nations and how you're getting sold out uh, left, right and centre by by bypassing uh, government inputs altogether at times and definitely bypassing the public who haven't a clue uh, as to why they're keeping their water reduced, for instance, and all this kind of stuff. It's all done through the UN and our globalists. They have their globalists in charge of every country right now. Now, there's a caller there. Uh, there's Maggie on the line. Are you there, Maggie, from Texas? Yeah, Hello. hi, hi yes. I guess today I would, if I were growing up now, I'd be the kid with her, with her head in the noose. Because even at 
in fourth grade, I would have seen through uh, climate change just like I saw through the UN and water fluoridation. But uh, what I really wanted to comment about was uh, what you were talking about in the earlier part of your program, and that is drugging kids. Mm-hmm. Um, about, I guess, 35 years ago, I knew a low-income family, and they had girls, not boys, but uh, the first child had full-blown autism, uh, the first and still most severe case I've ever seen. But the second little girl did have some kind of hyperactivity. They hadn't coined ADHD yet. Um, today she'd probably be uh, get an Asperger diagnosis too. But in any event, she was hyperactive, no question about that. Um, if you took her to a gymnastics class, she would wander around and knock over the balance beam and interfere with uh, other kids. So anyway... Um, her parents uh, were giving her Ritalin, and the idea of drugging children at that time was so new to me. I just couldn't believe it. And I asked, I asked them what it was, and they said it's a stimulant. And I said, well, why do you want to give a stimulant to a child who's already overstimulated? And they had no answer for that except just blind trust in the doctors, and it went on for years, mm-hmm. uh, never had any effect. No, it's, it's actually a, it's actually an amphetamine, a speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that, uh, some uh, some psychiatrists got the, the idea that if nothing else works, um, and they're hyper, let's try something uh, that makes them hyper, and maybe maybe it'll have the opposite effect. That literally is is what it's based on, a maybe, you know. I see. Well, anyway, I feel like. But I but it does it does shrink the brain, and it's, yeah. so uh, that's one effect too. Uh, and uh, of course, they're, they're very good. They really want to shrink all our brains and um, lower our IQs. They've done a darn good job. Look around you at all the GMO food and everything else that they put out there, and all the inoculations. Old type autism was diagnosed at, at right after birth. The child never went through the normal milestones up to the age of two. They never even got to dada. dada. It skyrocketed suddenly after inoculations became mandatory. And then it started at the age of two after the first MMR vaccinations. That's a brand new type of autism, definitely vaccine created. But thanks for calling in, Maggie. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.